All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Back to Warcraft podcast. This is episode number 14. Lucky 14, 14 weeks in, about uh, two months and two weeks in, three months and two weeks in. I don't know, we've been doing this a long time. I'm joined with, uh, I'm of course, Badu, joined with, of course, Giannis. Giannis, how you doing, man? I'm so excellent. I never want to leave vacation ever again. Can I just like be absent for the rest of my life? Yeah, that's uh well no Please? because we need oh. you. But oh, uh man. no, no you you're not going anywhere. Um yeah, it's it's uh, crazy. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Uh you actually took a couple days off and you just left. Uh you you just you disappeared and um You know what? How 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 was that just leaving the house? So, first of all, this was my first multi-day vacation since 2018. Um, so it was kind of weird at first. Of course, I went to a festival here and there, but you know, then it's, uh, lots of partying. It's a, a stress vacation, basically. This was full chill mode. This was in the middle of nowhere, uh, close to the Northern Sea. No party activities, just a couple of friends in a house in the middle of nowhere. So very quiet. Of course, super fun as well, since I had great people with me. But it was just, like, not even cars around me. Like, this level of no stress I had for five days, and it was so cool. For the people watching on YouTube, you can see a little bit of an impression right now. Uh, I posted it to our wonderful social media lady of DreamHack and ESL, Emma. So, yeah, a couple of drinks involved, a little tiny house, uh, friends, and yeah, that was amazing. Um, two of these days w went until, I think, 8 a.m. in the morning, just sitting, chilling, drinking, talking with friends, because uh, I think we touched on it in one of the previous podcasts that uh, you sacrifice social life for being a streamer and being in a position where we are in the Warcraft scene. And there was a lot of catching up to do uh, w w with a couple of these these fellows with me. So it was a wonderful, wonderful time. We went actually to the Northern Sea and uh, uh, had a kite with us and... It was it was it was the best time in a long time, probably since Anaheim. I think. Oh wow, Anaheim was a good time. Uh, what were you drinking there? <laughs> uh, that is, I don't know if there's an English term for it, Aperol Spritz. <laughs> okay, what's in it? Uh, it's a little bit of uh, sparkling wine, uh, water, and Aperol. Aperol. Oh, okay. Aperol English. I don't know, man. I think it's just what you say. Aperol. A okay. Aperol. Yeah, Aperol Spritzer. Nice. It's a spritzer, it indeed. It, it's hit, a it's hit, a summer spot or what? It is, dude. It gets you, gets you, gets you to places. No, it's it's a light summer drink, but uh, we had around thirty degrees, so it doesn't really matter what you drink. Everything gets you where you want to be. Uh, but True. yeah, very very refreshing. It's kind of a hype summer drink in Germany at the moment. I'm usually not too much into sparkling wine, but for that occasion, it was very, very good. Of course, I had uh, the cliche rum in the evening, had some cliche German beers uh, to basically wake up. And yeah, it was, was a very good time. And 
I ate or we ate mostly vegan because I think 60% of the people there living a vegan lifestyle. That shit actually tastes fucking great if done really? well. Yeah. Remo yeah, will like stone a... me for this, but oh my god. Like starting with breakfast, whatever they put on it, like dip wise, and it was so freaking good. Do you remember like a full day's meal? Like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner? It was it was basically like pretty typical stuff you would eat with meat, but just with replacements, I think. Like uh falafel instead of meat, uh meat free bologna, etc. etc. They do this really, really well. Kind of have to learn how to do that. It's all about the spices, though, right? Because you can yeah. get kind of sick of uh, sick of the flavors. Yeah, it's pretty bland. But yeah, falafel is always good. Depends on what kind of uh, spices you use there. Yeah. That's good. I was, uh, you know, I, I was very nervous for you because you, you took a full month off. And I was like, well, the first week or two, he's probably going to be like still reading his phone. And he's not going to be fully <laughs> on vacation. Um do you feel like you're like, you know, we're obviously June 23rd right now for those of you uh, listening uh, to this recording whenever this is June 23rd. So we're about three weeks in. Do you feel like you finally just been able to let go and just actually my like mentally? Relax? I'm in full Zen mode. I think that started last week. Uh, first week, I was kind of panicking. I was like, okay. This is the first time the boys are on their own, you know, uh, Papa's out on vacation. Um, and I had to interfere here and there, I had to do some jobs that no one else can. Um, so yeah, first week was quite stressful, and I always need some time to to get away. Like, usually, I'm on my phone 24-7, I'm, I'm basically on my phone when I shower, so I deleted all the apps, and that helped. Second week... That got a lot less. I wasn't panicking anymore because I had the feeling that, hey, Bidu is in charge and he's doing a very fine job. But then I had this feeling like, is he becoming as exhausted as I was uh, 10 days ago? Like, I was a little worried about you overworking yourself to just prove that you can do it. Yeah, that's real. Uh, I was definitely doing that. Still doing that now. I would even say that we've swapped roles. I am tired, exhausted all the time. Uh, I think I slept 18 hours yesterday. I did the Smile Cup in the morning, which is early, 6 in the morning broadcast. I actually thought it was at 7 in the morning based on the schedule. They made it an hour early. So I woke up at quarter to 6 thinking I have an hour to prep. And uh, Wong sending me the clean feed. And I'm like, wait, it starts in an hour, right? He's like, no, 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, so like one of those <laughs> wake ups where I had to like run, set up the stream. I think by the time I got everything live and ready to go, there was four minutes until go time. So not much of a, you know, early setup. But uh, yeah, I feel like um, I haven't bitten off more than I could chew. I feel like I wanted to put in more work. I feel like I haven't been doing a lot before. Um so I think it's been been a big eye opener that like I was kind of like 
I had a good gig when you were here because I wasn't doing fucking nothing. I was just doing Dust League and whatever I wanted, like, you know, willy-nilly. But being, like, kind of in a position where you have to kind of answer the DMs and you have to answer the questions and you have to make sure everything's going right. And it's a 24-hour job, whether you like it or no, uh, whether you know it or not. You know, I'm on East, East Coast, but some of these events are starting at 5 or 6 in the morning. Um, and then, you know, ESL America's up at 8 at night with Carson and uh, we do uploads. We do the YouTube. So for the most part, it's a 24-hour gig and there's always something going on. Um, yeah, I just uh, I feel tired all the time. But I also think that it's a bit of my diet um, because I've been trying to like cut out certain sugars and I've been trying to cut out certain things because I still want to lose weight. I'm still trying to hit my goal uh, for the year. So there's that too. So there's like lack of sleep and then there's like my busy work schedule. You know, I do have a full-time job um, where I do work like 80 hours a week there. So um, there's that combined with lack of sleep combined with a new food diet because I want to lose weight and get a girlfriend. And then there's like the whole like um, back to Warcraft thing. So I'm just busy, but I'm making myself busy. And uh yeah, I, I, you know, tired a lot, tired a lot, man. I, I definitely feel the grind that you feel because um, I don't have nearly as many responsibilities that you would have if you step back in. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 tough. Yeah, I was really worried because sometimes you also work yourself into a frenzy when like one thing is done and you already started two new projects. And the only occupation I had in the past couple of weeks was when are we doing the podcast, right? There was basically the only thing uh so i try to be as uh, supportive as possible like hey bidu everything is fine mate uh, just pick a day pick a time i'm there uh, uh yeah i was a little worried for sure uh but but glad to hear that glad you had that you enjoy it and i think the most healthy thing coming of this vacation is that i know i can trust you and i know that you want to do e even more than you previously did and then we can share that workload a lot better than prior to june and i think everybody will benefit from it i agree with you i think um you know we haven't really talked about that yet uh, actually but uh when you do come back i'm i'm ready to take on some of the roles that i've already had so when you come back you won't be coming back to the full 100 workload you know yeah, so exactly uh, i hope we i hope we can figure that out and work that out and um yeah i'm I'm yeah. learning so much about myself. I, I said this to you in the in the in the post uh, podcast lobby. I think uh, it feels like my body and soul are healing every day from from certain things that I do and change. Like just going for a walk, uh, spend more time outside, even if I'm not walking, just sitting on the terrace, uh, getting more fresh air, getting a little bit of vitamin D, sitting in the sun, uh, reading. And I learned that you don't need two to three hours to read yourself into a frenzy. Uh, just w w whenever I go outside to grab a smoke, just take the book with me, r read one chapter or maybe two, and then go back inside. Like, it's not the end of the world if you're not in front of the computer for like half an hour. It's those baby steps. That might sound a lot like very ridiculous to a lot of people listening, I think. But yeah, also eat like i don't know how many times i skipped breakfast in the past one and a half years just because uh, mm. like oh i need a coffee to wake up oh i need a shower to get ready to the broadcast oh that's a broadcast oh it's 5 p.m i didn't eat anything yet and of course you're getting tired and worn out when you don't eat so uh maybe a little bit of a more regular schedule 
as long as the streaming schedule provides it, uh, is very healthy and something I hope I can carry on uh, from this vacation into, like, back into normal life. Yeah, that's a good point. I I don't eat breakfast because you know me. I schedule my life to wake up at the time that the event starts. So I don't like if something starts at six in the morning, I am like, okay, well, now it's 11. I have till, you know, I have six hours of sleep till it starts. And then I wake up all frazzled. I don't give myself that time. I wish I gave myself more often, like an hour, an hour and a half, two hours to get ready to start my day, because I know that it doesn't make a difference. Like if I gave myself two hours to start the day and had breakfast and um, fully woke up, then I'd feel better realistically than getting those two extra hours of sleep and uh, thinking that that's the better alternative. But um, yeah, so uh, what else do you need to, you know, you got one week left before you come back. What else do you feel like you need to, you want to get done? Do you, you've already saw you, you were along the water, you know? You, yeah, you did I, your... I, I think like the next week I will just slowly start to get back into working. Uh, so it's not... Uh, full throttle start, you know? So just uh, read more Discord, uh, answer maybe one or two mails a day, just slowly picking up the pace again. I don't need to do anything. I'm watching the Euro, you know? Um, I'm watching so much more sports in general as a replacement for Warcraft, so that will take quite some time off my schedule. Like, there's basically four to six hours of, of football at the moment. Uh, Germany! Um, so yeah, I'm doing that. I'm meeting a couple of friends here and there, but nothing like nothing that's planned. I don't want... Uh, I could have visited my f like a, a, another part of my family this weekend, but I said, okay, I wasn't in another city two weeks ago. I went to this little house one week ago. Do I really want to stress myself with traveling more? No, I just want to stay home. Uh, not casting 12 hours a week and just enjoy a normal weekend with my roommates maybe that's healthy as well and um i do have some some stuff to do like i ordered uh, what's it called uh, things to put your screen in place and i will screw it to the wall and make my setup a little better like i adjusted my microphone already i will adjust my screens a little bit more like make make everything more uh, cozy and useful. So that's that's my task for the next week. That's nice. I've never really... If you look at my setup, you'd be like, oh my god, do you work like this? <laughs> um, I could really use an upgrade, like a revamp. I've always felt like, you know, when I got this place, I always wanted to like have my own room. So this is like my studio room-ish. It doesn't look like a studio. It just looks like a white room. Um, but, uh, there's no like ambiance or paintings or nothing. It's just white walls <laughs> and I've never really decorated them. Um, but yeah, I would really love to just be able to like slow down and like revamp everything. Like you have, um, those shade blockers, the sun blockers on your windows. Mm -hmm. I have a wool blanket that's brown <laughs> and I've hung up the corner. It could fall down at any time, but you remember in the first podcast when I would have to cover the light? Oh Yeah. So I changed that. I just put a blanket, but it's like a blanket that's hung up and it's barely hung up. Like the middle's like sagging. It's like dipping. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, I would love to be able to just like fix the room. Yeah. But I think in the back of my head, I want to sell this place and get another one too. So I'm not fully committed of like revamping this place because I'm still not fully like this is my home. Ooh. If that makes sense. It's a starter home. But I, you know, Daddy BD wants a bigger home. 
With all the esports money now, eh? By yourself. All that dirty, all that dirty <laughs> esports money, baby. But do you uh, want to? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to move to a different town, or do you just want to change the house itself? So the thing about Niagara, uh, which is where I live, uh, Niagara, Ontario, is the housing market is ridiculous. Like every house is going like a hundred thousand over asking. Um, it, it's a seller's market right now. So everyone is just like buying, like the houses go on the market and they're sold within a day or two. And it's usually 50,000 wow. plus over asking. So I can make that on my house too. Um, but the thing is the house I want is also skyrocketed like a hundred grand. So I can't just pick a city. I mean, I would, I, I would love to just work in the hometown of my workplace, but that place is super expensive to live in. So it's really just find a place, get lucky. That could be within maybe 20 kilometers from each other, like cities, city wise. Like it could be anywhere in that region. Don't want to give my locations because I don't want to get killed. But uh, yeah, I think um, it really just depends on what you find. But also, you know, I'm in a, a position where I have to go to the bank. I have to say, hey, I have some equity on my house. And then they're going to say, okay, what can you put down? Well, if I sell my house for X, I can have this amount of money. Okay, we can give you a mortgage for this. And then I have to go and buy and find the house, right? Yeah. So it's a long process. And um, I'm and really you're busy all the time. So you don't even, don't even have the time to go to the bank sometimes. Yeah. So all I know is I want to get the hell out of here. But... Uh, but I also am not really putting in the time to make that happen. Maybe you need vacation as well to get these things sorted out. Yeah, maybe. I mean, um, there's still some things I, want, I like to do. I like to paint the house. It's a little dainty, dated, I guess. So there's some stuff I'd want to do before I sell. But uh, yeah, I definitely want a nicer place. My neighbors are so loud. Like the <laughs> dogs are loud. They're loud. You're telling me, like, eh? I know that. They're kind of like, yeah, but they're kind of like hillbillies. Like they'll start up a, <laughs> a bike at midnight and not think that's an issue. They'll start doing like grout work on their garage floor. Like they've renovated the garage into like a house, but they do that at like two in the morning. Of course. When, and um, what else would you do that? Exactly. And it's just, it's just shit like that. But, uh, Yep. All right. Uh, r regarding um, windows and such, maybe I do have a little trick for you. There's actually foil that you can put on the windows to make them darker. It's like the f uh, foil you put on cars, right? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To, to Not aluminum foil that you use for cooking. <laughs> no, like the, uh, uh, I don't know, tinted you foil put them on the, you, put them on, you put them on the windows for cars to block out the sun, right? Yeah, exactly. Keep, and you can actually do that. Cool. Exactly. And uh, that's exactly the same thing that you can do with your normal windows because my room gets up to 35 degrees Celsius in summer, especially when we broadcast and all the machines are on and the lights are on, etc., etc. So mm. this is what I ordered. It arrives tomorrow and I hope hope it's working well to make my life more let me fun. know about that let me know yeah. about that because i have i have the lights on the computer um when i don't have this key light on which is right in front of me and i just have the computer it's still hot in here um so i've done some broadcasts without the key light and it still gets really hot so let me know if that makes a difference because yeah. you're also containing the heat still so yeah let me know i'd be interested to know if like well, wow it like cooled down like i don't have to worry because i'll have to open this door because the ac doesn't come in this room either so i have to like open this door and like let air in during breaks like if i take a five minute break during broadcast i have to let the air it's really scuffed it, it's <laughs> it could be better than this um but yeah let me know about your solution will do uh speaking of solutions you had a solution for worldwide hosting and i think 
think you started using that with the Dust League qualifiers. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot to touch on there. I did pick up, you know, big shout out to War Three Champions. They started this with the obviously the Flow host bots in particular. Big shout out to Fluxu, all the guys there that uh, that put it together. And then they really started this, you know, fair hosting conditions um, for the War Three Champions Season Six Finals. Um, they said if you're from Asia and you're playing against a Russian, this is the most ideal uh, server. But it was very generalized. I think they only had like four regions. Um, maybe five regions and it wasn't as broken down. So what I did was I took the ball and rolled with it. I asked so many players, pretty much every player um, in their respective region to send me screenshots. I would say, this is the solution I'm thinking of. This is the ping that you will have. I sent them the ping of their opponents just so they didn't don't, they didn't know I'm lying. I've said, do you think of a better alternative? And for the most part, they're like, oh, okay. I didn't know that my opponent got that kind of ping. Um, that's cool to know or, okay, I guess, you know, I have had it good for a while. Um, but the point of Dust League was to make it fair hosting conditions because I think we've come to the point where online play is about as good as it's going to get and you either want to have it or you don't. And I want to have it and I know it's not going to get any better. So this is it. And if players are cool with it, um, you know, you're going to have 100 plus ping sometimes. It's not going to be the best conditions, but you know what? It's still the best we've ever had, period. And it's still the best we're going to get, period. So, um, Shall I show the people on YouTube your solution? Yeah, sure. If you're a Warcraft 3 player, um, maybe, or if you're not a Warcraft 3 player, this is going to be so weird to you. But uh, basically, there's, there's regions. Um, they're broken down as best as I could do it. You know, South America being Brazil, Peru, uh, stuff like that. And basically, this is like an ideal chart. So the green is like perfect conditions. It's like your region server, so you don't have to worry about it. The blue is where there are conflicts because you're a bit stretched out somewhere in the world and the blue is the most fair conditions. There's also different parts of, of your specific region, so you'll have to pick and choose, but the blue hosting servers are pretty much the most ideal. And then yellow is uh, certain regions where uh, there is no advantage. For example, Hitman versus Foggy will never be perfect condition. As you can see, the Russia and Europe East against US West has a, a yellow uh, border. That's why players complain about, you know, Hitman saying, I can never play Foggy unless it's at land because it doesn't matter. Um, it's very true. Uh, for one game, someone's going to have 150 ping. The other person's going to have like 60. And the other game, someone's going to have 150 ping. The other person's going to have 60. So um, it is what it is sometimes. So those have to be coin flip series. But for the most part in the blue, we've solved a lot of the issues of, uh, of um, like the blue is pretty much good solutions, fair solutions. Um, not perfect, but uh, where both players have a fair shot. So pretty proud of that. You know, pretty proud of that. I was so fucking nervous <laughs> when I was launching Dust League because, you know, the regional events have been good. Like the NA Dust League has been successful. The Europe Dust League has been the most successful Dust Leagues we've ever had um, when we just do regional. So we had a good thing. Um, I was shaking things up with this Super League idea because I wanted... Um, I've always wanted a super solo league similar to NGL1 back in the day when they had the solo players play. I love that concept. I love the concept of competing. I thought it was cool. Um, so I was so nervous that a lot of players would be like, fuck you, I'll play the regionals. I'm not playing on 100 ping, um, which some of them did. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, some of them have no interest in playing in this. But, uh, you know, we, we had some qualifiers. We had some direct invites and we had some pretty cool faces play. 
And uh, big shout out to those guys. I know like Todd is competing in Dust League. He qualified through the qualifiers, even though I offered him a direct invite. He said, no, I'll play the qualifiers. And he made it out. Um, so big shout out to him. But this player pool is insane, I think, for a first season. Um, you know, Fish, Hitman and Deuce coming from the NA season, Foggy, Crab, and the Great Wall coming from Europe. Obviously, Hunter didn't get back to me, and Vortex has retired. Um, and then from the qualifier one, we had Todd, Starbuck, and Insup. And then qualifier two, we had Spiral, Neutron, and Sonic. And then uh, my direct invites, I wanted them to be Asians. I talked to Lynn, guys. I talked to Moon. I talked to Infi, TH, 120, Fly, Colorful, you name it. Um, and I got down to some pretty good invites. Soen, um, Michael, Lalayet, and Alice. So we do have some Asian representation, which is cool. And this could be the start of a really good thing. Um, and I know that other TOs, for example, the metagames guys, I know Duro messaged me um, saying, hey, can I take a look at that server chart? I want to use it for War 3 Info League or, you know, do their own variation. And I encourage people to do their own variation, but there has to be a fair standard of hosting now for online. Um, and I think before it's been very EU centric, uh, to say the least. And um, I'm just really happy that Dust League is is making the first step for a pro super ladder and it's working so far. Yeah, I think this is something that might become a theme of this episode, but someone has to do the groundwork. Like, nobody will thank you for this, <laughs> probably, but it is absolutely necessary, and that's the dirty work. Um, grinding through chat logs, grinding through numbers, uh, just coming up with this. This I don't know, how many hours did you spend on on, on this table? Roughly. A lot. A lot of hours, um, eh? Hours-wise, probably like 18. That's but pretty it spread sick, over like, dude. It was spread over like a week. You know, it was tough. I waited, you know? I waited. If I didn't get a hold of fish from uh, Singapore, I waited until I yeah. did. I didn't just rush ideas. I had uh, concepts in my head. And for the most part, I would use War 3 Champions, um, their ladder, and say, like, you know, this wasn't the fairest condition. This could be better. Or, you know, this was actually probably the fairest. So uh, I used that. But for the most part, I would always just talk to the players. And um, and then I'd have some random player from, like, Mexico say, hey, I don't think we really belong on there because my pings look like this. So it's always changing. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, player... that's a little bit my my argument as well. Like, you took the War 3 Champion thing... At as a foundation and make it better. And if this hosting table is now spreading to War 3 and Full League, uh, to whatever, then people will maybe make some adjustments and make one or two things even better. So it's a constant, uh, constant improvement, like uh, War 3 Champions did. Like, it started as a decent matchmaking. Look where they are now. Uh, look at the broadcasting tools we have by now and how did we start with a freaking scoreboard and a clock. Like, this is what we do in the Warcraft scene. We don't come up with the perfect solution immediately. It does take one guy or girl or whatever uh, to start a movement and then the community is coming together and improve it improve it improve it improve it even more uh maybe it's because we all like to complain <laughs> a lot that it that it feeds this uh, way of of working things out but also a lot of people are motivated to make existing things even better uh, not too many people are innovative 
it needs a very, very special character for this to start something new. Uh, but a lot of people are willing to spend like maybe one hour. Um, of course, given through the situation that a lot of people are working a lot and have families and we're all old, etc., etc. But if you have an hour, two hours to spare, uh, look at it, think of it, make it a little better. And then someone else comes and makes it also a little better. And with two little steps, you have one big step. You know, that's, that is pretty typical for the Warcraft scene. Yeah, I think a big point too is like if somebody gets going, I'm not saying that I'm like the mecha TO for Warcraft 3, but um, if I do this with Dust League, I was thinking like who knows who else will use it. I mean like the perfect outcome would be like Netties saying that if we're going to invite Western players, we will use this concept. Otherwise, we'll just stick to, to Asia. That's what I would hope for online play um, is if they open slots for Western players, then they should open it up to fair hosting conditions which is all it comes down to at the end of the day um you know as a manager i watched team leagues where we didn't have advantages at all and we were just playing to play but if there was like an implementation actually put in like you said and someone put in the effort to be like this is this is the way it should have been um then i think the majority of players can be like oh you know what then it's fine because it is fair at the end of the day like there's no real argument like the only argument is that you would want it your way which isn't fair um so it's like you know i've had some arguments with some players and for the most part they're all like yeah you know what you're right and this is cool and it's not that i'm trying to be right but you know this should have happened a long time ago yep for sure but Better late than never, I guess. And looking at these qualifiers, there's some banger matches in there. Uh, Todd versus Insub right away. Starbuck versus Dice. These could be Dreamhack quarter, uh, quarterfinals, maybe in a lucky bracket, or at least group stage matches. And we had this here in the qualifier. And the list of players is so cool. Uh, I tuned into the to the draft yesterday as the first Warcraft stream in all of June. I didn't see any game, uh, but I was so intrigued looking at the list of participants here, um, especially with characters like Lawlight and Mikael, you know, they can put up a show. Sonic has qualified, he can put up a show. Starbuck uh, made some waves prior to Dreamhack, then failed a little at Dreamhack, but now gets a second chance um, to shine. Insup is back. Todd is playing a tournament. This hasn't happened since W3 Champion Season 4, I think. Um, and yeah, it's it's regions clashing, and I'm super excited about this. Also, like the the groups you draw yesterday, two days ago. Freaking cool. Foggy versus Starbuck, banger match. Todd versus Sonic, Mom versus Dad. How amazing is that? That is only group A. And then we get Insup and Hitman in one group once again, as of like always. Hitman versus So and after Hitman crushed Fly, super curious to see uh, what So has to offer. Alice may be a little bit of a dark horse, but you can never be sure how well he performs. Then you get Lawlight versus the Great Wall, where I'm not too sure if Lawlight knows what's gonna hit him. Um, maybe from ladder, but especially this match, both of the players were in Twitch chat when you drew this pairing. Yeah. Yep, that's the, I think that's the coolest thing too is uh that's the been the whole point I've always wanted a draft. I think it's cool. It brings the community together, it brings the players together, and if they're in the channel watching, it's like 
sometimes more entertaining and stressful than the actual event itself <laughs> because there's so many players that don't want to play certain players and uh I, I always thought that was so cool um and uh i've always thought like live drafts i think starting with like gsl code s because the code s round of 16 they got to pick their players um like uh, you'd start with one person and then he would pick who he wants and you know what i mean it would go on so and that, i always thought that was cool yeah um so I think uh, I'm optimistic and I was very doubtful. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've i talked to you Sweet. in private about this. I was like, I was not confident. I'm like, you know what? They're, the players are going to fuck this up. They're not going to want to do it. And we're just going to have to go back to regionals. And, and that's going to suck. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy how much of a turnaround it's been, at least so far. And as I said, I watched the broadcast and I was really really impressed by how well you did that like you set up the entire scene yourself you came up with solutions um you displayed all the information you picked music for the draft as an extra little uh cherry on was top the music of good i picked that I dude picked that i loved it of. i loved okay. it and i think uh to quote our private conversation while i was watching it i sent you quote unquote Lick my anus, you're getting good at this. <laughs> like, I was so... I was really proud of you, man. Yeah, I, it's... um, It was cool, man. It was cool. Like uh, like I said, you know, that setup, I set up the stream. I, I've done the drafts before and there were... Like, I didn't put much planning into them. Uh, the There was no music at the time. And then, especially with DMCA, we can't oh, yeah. play the music that I would really like to play. Like, the super hype, like, super hype music. So, I had to find some stuff and... It's all a process, man. If you look at the first draft, if it's somewhere, I don't even think you could find it anymore, but if it's somewhere and then you look at this one now, it's all a process, right? Um, you just try to chip away. But I was so nervous too because Carson isn't up that early um, unless he has to be. So I usually have him in my ear going like, oh, you can't do that, especially when you're drafting the groups because there's rules, right? Because I give players choices of what groups uh, they don't want to play if they have another commitment. Um, so that makes the draft harder. If if it was just open season, I wouldn't have this issue. But yeah. figuring out at the end of the day, oh, okay, well, Sonic has to go here because of uh, he can't play this. And it worked out beautifully. But I've had some times where I definitely fucked it up. Rigged it. Uh, yeah. Rigged it. Then we have to go to rigging mode. But uh, Ricky, no, Riggy, do. It, it worked out perfectly. And yeah, the music was cool, man. And uh what's all about you know it's what's all it's all about entertainment and having a good time and people enjoying warcraft yeah you know exactly and uh pretty typical um for what we do i think to just go the extra mile and add this little bit of production value uh to a tournament like this. super hyped for this uh starting this saturday right saturday group a gonna be saturday good. group a all right Anything else you want to and, talk about? Uh, yeah, yeah, big, 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 uh, big deal is, you know, when I started this Super League idea, um, I always had the idea to double the prize pool, thinking that that would be like the biggest thing. Like, oh, look, it's 800 bucks instead of 400. You get bigger player base. Players are going to want to play. And uh, in a previous podcast, early on, week four, week three, we talked about, you know, TOs coming in with a, a bag load of cash and and wanting to do, uh, host the tournament and not doing it right. And then we talked about, you know, get the people to do it right um, and, and run a tournament. So it worked through that podcast. <laughs> you know, big shout out to Corey, uh, Corey Kaler, 
uh, Life Software Consulting. He he reached out. He wanted to do his own tournament. Uh, it took way. It was just harder to organize. And he's like, you know what? Why don't I just latch to Dust League? It's you know, it's it's good. And I was like, hell yeah! So we have like a dedicated sponsor uh, for the league alongside myself, and uh, we jacked up the prize pool to. 2k right off the start i think during the qualifiers we raised we raised another 150 bucks so we're already at 2150 for a solo super league not bad and uh you know everything happens for a reason big shout out though but dust league getting a huge boost like that from from a guy like Corey. you know community always is just going to keep us afloat and keep us going and uh nothing but respect for that guy yeah that is super awesome man uh really really cool looking forward to this this might become my favorite tournament of the summer uh combined with dreamhack that is starting on july 10 with the open qualifiers so the summer is packed like we get chinese tournaments all the time we had china versus the west now we got smile cup uh in europe we had uh, the moscow cyber games russian cyber games now we got Dust League with open qualifiers. We got the WGL qualifier, and now DreamHack is coming back as well. July 10 and 11 is open qualifier time. You can all sign up. The information is up on the ESL homepage, of course. Uh, Bidu might link it in the description as well because I will certainly forget that as I'm back to vacation after this recording. So, um, actually, for Asia, it's already next weekend uh, because it's a little scheduling conflict with WGL. But for Europe and Americas, and I think that is our audience, it starts on July 10 and 11. Close qualifiers 17th and 18th. Of course, we'll all be broadcasted on Back to Warcraft. And then main season last Wednesday of the July is DreamHack already again. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that we're already back into DreamHack mode. Um, the season, I feel like the delay has been very short between between summer and fall, but it's great. Um, I love how they're announcing with a lot of time now, giving us a lot of time to to figure out our schedules and stuff like that, which is great. And the players are just stacked. I mean, look at this group: Europe, America, Asia. These are the best players in the world, guys. Yep. These are the best players in the world right now. Yeah, super sick. And you can be part of it. I really hope that my favorite rising stars of the European scene, Hippo and Armin, are qualifying for at least the close qualifier, maybe for the main season, man. That would be such a cool story for them. Uh, they got close to Dust League again. Both were playing, of course, as they play everything. I really want to see them at DreamHack, so this is going to be amazing. It is the best, uh, the biggest tournament of like, in the world, I guess, with the final in hopefully Beijing at the end of the year. And if you want to broadcast this, by the way, you can. Open and close qualifiers have open broadcasts available. Uh, sign up as a broadcaster. Here is the link on the news. Uh, there's a deadline until Friday, July 2nd. So hurry up if you think you can do a better job <laughs> or want to just cover more games uh, to cause some more waves for DreamHack. We appreciate Maybe we scout you throughout your DreamHack broadcast. Maybe the community is watching you and say, oh my god, this guy is so good. Our ears and eyes are everywhere, guys. And we're always looking for more talent. So uh, show yourself. Show your skills. Show your talent. That's what I was going to say, actually, is, um, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. So if you want to be a caster and you want to give it a shot, why not do it on your own channel? Like I said, if you get on this list, you're on the list that everybody sees. It's an approved stream list, so I can see that a new face is broadcasting. Maybe I tune in. 
um, you know, maybe the person that hires tunes in <laughs> and uh, says, you know what, I like this guy. Maybe we should put him on one time and you never know what's going to happen. Um, I think there's more room for broadcasters in this game. I've said that before. Uh, new personalities, new buzzes, new energies. Um, so yeah, uh, sign up if you want to be a caster. It's open season. It's the biggest tournament to do it. And what bigger platform do you need? Exactly. So with that out of the way, I'm kind of taking your host role, I think. Sorry about that. No, this is fine. This is fine. You you got the, the, the... No, it's totally fine. I think it's totally fine. Okay. Okay. Because uh, this is kind of the main topic of this episode, I think. Uh, we have no questions today, so the rest of this episode will have one topic and one topic only uh, built on a Reddit thread. That is actually a very, very cool Reddit thread, in my opinion. Reddit is getting better, maybe also an influence of our podcast where we said uh, just post things there and people are posting things there. It's not only about balance anymore and I really appreciate that. Uh, it's a thread by Woka, ESL admin for a long time. Top 10 community members. 10 people in the Walker 3 community that will uh, be ever known and you remember them being big part for this uh, or for the years. Players, chieftains, streamers, admins, everyone so uh you already shared your list right so what was the first thing that came to your mind thinking about it <laughs> yeah the first name was obviously you Giannis. um <laughs> fucking awkward flex buddy <laughs> uh, yeah i think um i think uh i've been in the game for a long time you know 15 years it's really hard to think of i mean there's a lot of people that do great stuff and I didn't include them. I don't think there's enough room with just 10. I just thought of like, if I left Warcraft 3, who would I always remember? And there's a lot of people now that I would probably add to that. But um, just like the, the the main people that kept it going. Like, I didn't even know who you were until like 2016, 2017. So Dude. Uh, it's not even like... For it's not real? Even like, uh, I swear to God, I had no idea who you were. I knew Remo because Remo used to have um, that one... Uh, tv thing read more t read more remo or something like that never ever he hated read more forever who was, what were your tags on uh, garena during the zotac days uh e eslr eslr neo and yeah. eslr remo yeah no that couldn't have been that that that, that really? was us yeah 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 that was us oh okay all right well <laughs> then i don't remember either of you uh i don't know i don't uh i don't remember but um yeah no i didn't uh not until later you guys are responsible for basically keeping the game alive which is more important than what happened when the game was alive um so like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys literally um you guys kept going when there was nobody giving a shit uh nobody caring you guys built this into now where you guys stand alone in warcraft 3 you know alongside grubby and, and maybe todd but um grubby. without you guys specifically putting in the work and and really caring when nobody else did uh myself included at the time uh it really just wouldn't be a thing so why wouldn't you be number one now because in 2021 so many years past its launch we're bigger than ever and you can only say like it's because of you guys yeah, of course. There you go, I, and that's that's I getting your, that's how, and that's what's uh, getting your dick sucked on the air is uh, usually <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> that's awkward. It's so awkward. Uh, yeah, I kind of excluded myself from from thinking about this because that is something other people can do. I think there's a lot of stuff we did that no one really knows that we did this. Uh, for, for sure. For example, 
picking up the Reddit when it was in a very, 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 very bad state. Uh, we never really focused 100% on the Reddit, but we always kind of supported it. And it was just time uh, to give a, walk, a proper Walker 3 uh, Reddit to the people. Another thing is Liquipedia. We were the ones reaching out. Um, or I was the one <laughs> reaching out. I saw the opportunity. And they said, hey, can you get us 10 editors to like start this as a as a trial it's like give me a give me an hour and in an hour i had guys like demon and stoker and pens and all and tubozao and all the crazy guys and since then we had Wikipedia. like we only have Wikipedia. when was that I, i'm trying to think about it it was either <sighs> you found stoker no, 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 Stoka has always been there, but okay, uh, yeah. I think his his contributions wouldn't be as visible without Liquipedia, uh, because where do you put it, really? I think that was either late 2015 or early 2016. He's been editing Liquipedia for six years? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Guys, I don't Easily. know if you know how crazy that is. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, he was there from from the very very beginning, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, and that's a lot of projects that we found and we pushed a little, and then like have the project grow up and let them out in the open uh, because we're not really necessary anymore. Like whenever they want support, of course we're there. Like if people need more help or want to call to arms or something, of course we spread it. <laughs> Get a sneeze. Sorry. Well, that was probably that's probably Jeez. probably loud. I'm very sorry. Yeah, that was all. Of you. Sorry, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all that happened. The warning was a little late. Eh? It bless was already you, half. Bless you, thank man. you. It was already bless, halfway bless your, out. Bless your soul. By the way, this new trend thingy that people don't say bless you anymore, but ignore the sneeze. Total bullshit. I hate Wait, that. People do that. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm. I don't know if if it's, the Lord Himself will bless you, but somebody needs to bless you for sure because you got the demons in you, boy. <laughs> yeah, that sounded sounded like some <laughs> demons, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of examples for this. So we we did a lot, uh, but I wouldn't say we're number one or number ten or whatever. It felt like I looked at this thread and there was uh, one comment I was really happy about. Uh, was just. A list of people, I think by different ad. And this his list of people is so awesome. Jaxi, Bunny, Grubby, Moon, Todd, Sky, TH, Ted, Remind, Tillerman, Neo. Like, wow. I'm in the realm of these guys. That was that felt freaking amazing. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like, it's very subjective. Like, I don't know oh, who yeah. these people are. Some of them are before my time, and I don't really know if there is a number one to ten that you can actually quantify because it's all just people's experiences, right? Like, I have a vast experience in this game, and you know, my memory isn't the greatest. Um, like, there was a lot of people like in the Korean scene. I always remember that passenger guy. He was basically <gasps> like the Wong for Korea. Do you remember that guy? Like, like that guy was that guy was doing everything. And then there was like Yosh and NA. Like, I'll always remember these guys. And oh my uh, a God, lot of people I, don't know. I'm so you remember sorry. Passenger? Yeah, man. I totally forgot about Passenger, which I'm really sorry about now. But that dude, I talked to him every, Blast from the past, every Blast day from the past. on IRC for tournament coverage and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and yep. Arena. The past. Whoa, that's okay. That's one guy that I totally forgot, and I I talked a little bit about it with the people in gym. Um, that I really don't know much about the Korean and, and Chinese scene, like who built it and uh, who built, for example. Uh, Oh, damn. What was the site with the golden crown? Replace.net. Um, I think it was a guy called King or something. But apart from that, I, I don't know too much. I know in the later days, Kuku and Wathri Station basically rebuilt the entire Chinese scene. Uh, and of course, Netties is a part of it. But yeah, I don't know too many people. Um, my view on this is very Euro and especially German-centric. And that's a fight I will take now. Because, um, first of all, when we talk about this, we gotta praise the people who were in charge of the ESL back in 2004 or 5, because they gave us, um, ESL Pro series in a lot of countries, uh, and especially in Germany, this was just vital for the scene. They gave us WC3L, which was the coolest team league for such a long time. Back when people didn't really care too much about solo tournaments except WCG and ESWC uh, compared to now, WC3L was the thing to win for basically everybody next to WCG. Um, and they gave us later on the Intel Extreme Masters. So they provided the groundwork for the tournaments because WCG and ESWC were once a year. You can't sustain an esports with tournament once a year. Big money players here. Um, I think Bashi was involved a lot. I think Bashi did or invented uh, Walker 3 weekly cups on ESL and he was like the daddy of WC3L and yeah, I, I grew up with that league and many people did and I think... Uh, That is also the reason why people always want to have clan leagues back, because that league was so successful. So Bashi, among many others, he's he's basically... I will probably forget like 20 people around that guy, but I think Bashi was the father of Warcraft in Europe when it comes to non-community activity. How do you spell his name? B-A-S-C-H-I. Oh, okay. German dude, right? Yes, Sebastian Weishaar. He's still watching, by the way. It was super cool. Uh, I had a little, no way. I had a little exchange with him. Was it after the first Meisterschaft finals or something, or after the first Dreamhack? Legendary dude, like amazing. He's still to this day on his uh, ESL profile has wc3l.com set as his homepage. Like, this guy... <laughs> this is so cool, man. This is so cool. Of course, they gave us e e ENC as well. So, yeah. Um, there were a couple of others, but Bashi is, I think, a legendary figure that no one ever should forget talking about Walker 3. I have a question for you. Who would broadcast these? That is like a WC3L. very, very wonderful segue because that is my second part of uh, my little history lesson here. Because a couple of people on the Reddit said um, one of the most important people in the entire scene of all times is Kaldor. And if you just watched Warcraft in the past 
three years, maybe. Uh, you saw him coming back to the game with the Reforged launch and then disappearing quite quickly to move on to or back to Heroes. And I think he tried Valorant a little bit as well. Um, and riding his bike or whatever. Back in the day, I think especially for the German scene, no one was as influential as Kaldor. He was, and he didn't found in Warcraft.de, which was the biggest coverage page. Um, but I think he was webmaster and community manager or something of in Warcraft.de, which was basically uh, like a board, like the War 3 replays board or something. Um, and that was not the only thing he did. Like, that was, I think, how he started. Then he became a caster for the in Warcraft.de cups, which were the Biggest cups in the world, I think, with like 500 players every week, which was completely nuts. Wow. Like, Lynn played these in 2003 or 2004. Uh, Kato was certainly responsible for that. And from broadcasting these, he founded or co-founded or... Oh, he, he did become... Oh, he became a part of GameSports FM, which was the number one broadcast radio station at the time for Warcraft 3. Yep. Uh, and they were partnered with uh, Freaks for You, right? They were they were part of Freaks for You. Um, yeah. I think how was it exactly? I think it was a loose group of people at first. Then Mouseports supported them, and from these GameSports founders, this is what would later become Freaks for You. So, broadcasting these tournaments, um, this also includes, by the way, WAG TV, um, which everybody loved back in the day, like basically Dota TV, Netties TV, whatever. <clears throat> Just being able uh, to have an extra client to watch Warcraft replays live, basically. Um, this was also their job. Probably Calder had his fingers in there as well. Uh, so, he was responsible for... In Warcraft, WAG TV, uh, game sports, he actually was casting Warcraft on German national television. This is how I got into Warcraft. Like, there was wow. a station that had an esports show, and he was there casting Warcraft with his 300,000 words per minute, and this was super freaking exciting. And this was a game I knew from, like, playing the solo campaign. And then Kalo was there brabbling about this game in the most action-packed way ever. And I am certainly not the only one who found this game via Giga Esports and via Kaldor. And they would also cast WC3L, um, later NGL. So they they had so much influence on this entire game. He later on became uh, an organizer for 4K. So he was managing Grubby and Todd and etc. etc. So you cannot underestimate how much Kaldor did for this game, even though his this one year stint wasn't the greatest. He's a big, big, big founding father of the entire Warcraft 3 scene. And everybody who says he doesn't belong in this top 10 list is wrong. I remember, you know, the reason why I'm so familiar with like Freaks for You and all that is because I was a Zotec admin for a couple years. So uh, I was employed by them as an admin, which is pretty sweet. It was my first actual Warcraft 3 gig. But I remember we went into the Game Sports Team Speak, which is what we used for the admins to communicate. And I was 15, I think. 
an impressionable young shithead <laughs> at the time. Um, and I remember, you know, all the admins were in, the, in there. And then, you know, the head admin was with another person in that channel called Caldor. And I was like, no way. Is that the real Caldor? So, you know, I just went in there and I was like, hi, are you the real Caldor? And the, the main admin, Ruffy, is like shaking his head at the time, right? And Caldor, and Caldor was very nice. He wasn't casting. Oh, um, surprise. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been really bad. Uh, but I was like, uh, hi, are you the real Caldor? Yeah, it wasn't when he was live or anything like that. I wasn't. Uh, I was like, hi, are you the real Caldor? And he was like, yes. And he had the German, yeah, you know, like the accent. Basically, you know, the German Johnny Sins, we used to call him. But uh, he was so nice to me. Uh, and he didn't have to be. And uh, that's my first impression of him. And that's why I'll always kind of be a fan of Caldor is uh, he was so cool. And I was like, hi, I'm just an admin, but like, I'm a huge fan and I think you're great. And I remember that, that conversation when I was like 15 and he was like, oh, thank you. And he was like, so nice. And, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know all the work that he put into, but, uh, he was a huge name back, like back in the day, I guess you could say huge. He was, he was, he was the caster for Warcraft three. He was the caster for Warcraft three. Um, yeah, especially in German, his, his uh, switch to English came later, I think for Starcraft two. So I... I'm really not too familiar with the English uh, scene because I was, I don't know, how old was I? 14 at the time. I was mo mostly focused on the German side of things, like read more DE and game sports especially. So I have very little knowledge about the international scene. I know that the biggest hub was TFT replayers for like replays and some news. And community-wise, it was always... WC replays, right? Yeah, so WCR was always... I think that was UK run, though. Um, but everybody pretty much used that. Um, for NA, you know, I don't really know either because I never really had a spot in NA pro scene when I was a young kid uh, because it was already filled. Uh, for example... I think the big hubs were like uh, whoever kept clan GGL going on Azeroth. That was like big shout outs to them because that was like the main hub. It doesn't matter who you were, whether you were Sonky, Longwalk or whoever, you were always hanging out in clan GGL. It was like the main hub. And then, of course, there were uh, clans like Own You and SC um, run by Fade, a guy named Matt uh, Fade. And then Yash was the uh, owner of Own You. And they pretty much solidified na and you were either on own you or you were on sc and i'm talking like 2010 2011 before then we had huge huge clans like kod with axe lab and strife crow and, and stuff like that but um i'm talking about when i joined which is 1.26 patch and it was pretty much those two were solidified you either picked a street you were team fade or team yosh and uh <laughs> i had no place and i was just a young <laughs> troll shithead um, and that's why I went to eHome and stuff like that. Cause I didn't have a place in, in my own region. Uh, I kind of wanted to be with the pros in Asia and that was really all I could fit into. It's really sad, but, uh, that's just shows how solid they were. Um, and I think a big testament to dust gaming today was trying to bring together both of those eras of own you and SC. And that's like bringing together FK and OC and Duck and all those guys uh, that used to be all separated. Now they're all together. So that was like a big, cool moment for me when Dust Gaming was uh, brought together with Cruncher and all these guys. It was like it was like merging two big things together in one. Um, and I honestly, the first thing I thought of when I was building Dust Gaming was I want Yash and, and Fade. 
Uh, I tried to look for them, but they're they're inactive now. And I talked to FK, and he's like, yeah, Yash isn't interested. Thank God you didn't get Yash, otherwise Dust would have uh, been destroyed in two weeks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you got a bad experience with that guy? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, oh, okay, well, uh, anyway. yeah, I mean... Um, Back in the day, he was a big he was a big deal though, um, and he did a lot of work. I know he worked with Replayers.net, uh, WCR. Um, I think he worked on later on with War Three Arena, I believe. Yeah, that is. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? He, he, oh my god! I couldn't beat him. I couldn't beat him at the time, so you know I couldn't join him and I couldn't beat him. So it was like. Uh, yeah, nobody yeah, could that, join because everything was like si the sign up was whitelisted, etc. But anyway, that's not the topic here. We want to celebrate people, not sit on them. So, um, <laughs> sorry, Josh, if you're listening to this. Um, the three people that I think about when I think about the international Warcraft scene and like founding fathers of, of that, or maybe let's say four. Um, number one, Tillaman, as the first tournament winner of a Warcraft tournament ever and writing guides and putting out audio commentary and tutorials etc etc and becoming such a like phenomenon with with his commentary uh, i think that got a lot of attention and tillman has to be there i think mm, as a player and as a founding father of 4k as well of the four kings and then there's like three people that are like I think the Mount Rushmore of the international community, uh, Jaxi, Bunny, and Kidarctica. I could be totally wrong, and I might forget a couple of people here, as I said, but at least Jaxi and Bunny, uh, Kim, Kim, Kim fan, they carried the scene for a long time with articles, um, with casting, like they casted BlizzCon back in the day together when Grubby beats a card, etc. This crazy game with the alchemist and pit lord. So this is the people that I think of when I think of the American scene. Yeah, no, I know. I that was before my time. Um, I know who Kim Fan is. Name spelled with a ph. Yep. Uh, I That's I know who he is. I I don't know. She what he did or any uh, sorry i just try i don't know what i didn't even know who that person was was <laughs> girl uh yeah kim fan i don't know who uh who she was or what she did but uh i'm pretty sure she's verified on twitter so yeah she's <laughs> uh, i think at one point she, she was like m managing all esports at blizzard or something uh but has since departed and living a very very good life hopefully she was also uh, pretty interested when we were at the Blizzard Studios for the Invitational. Shared a meal with her. Super cool lady. Um, same goes for Bunny. Very, very nice people that carried the scene and always had an eye on, on what's going on, I think, to this day. Um, that is, I think, when it comes to Founding Fathers. And then... What do you have to move to? <clears throat> I think that was pretty much the status quo. Um, another dude for the German scene that might get overlooked a little bit is Abstract, who is to this day writing okay. writing articles for Read More. And back in the day, he was organizing Zodiac Cups. And like in the darkest days, Abstract was there and carried the scene on his back. There was a little bit of back and forth and sometimes he was there and sometimes not uh, not everybody liked him I guess but 
only because of him we went to WCA in 2014. So we owe him so much. And he was always there and we could always rely on him. And I think to this day he's organizing the skill cups as well. So big part and especially the longevity of his work uh, shines here. And then we have to talk about Pat, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So, a guy that actually weathered uh, quite a bit. I mean, when was WC Arena influenced? 2014, in, uh, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Until today, really. So. Yeah. So back in the day, uh, Battle.net was total shit, full of hackers, outdated map pool, high ping. Everything was super bad the game was on a dwindle there was no wcg anymore there was no esl tournaments anymore it 2013 absolute darkest 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 days we weren't able to play on the chinese server to have something proper and even jarena got uh closed down not really it continued to work, but only in certain countries. It was like region locked yeah. for C or something. Yeah, that's like right. From, it was region locked. From one day to the other as well. <laughs> like, it was just gone. Um, and it started then, with that Garena Plus. You would have to get Garena Plus. And then for those that didn't, or just even if you did have it, they just region locked certain regions for whatever reason. And uh, it was like a big bulk of Europe was yeah. like blocked out of what, G Arena. Yeah. And he was Pat coming up with W3 Arena, the best server uh, that to that day the, the the world had ever seen. And it wasn't a flawless server, but the infrastructure uh, was used to create War 3 champions. And that was such a lifesaver. I think, like a lot of people say, without back to Warcraft, there would be no Warcraft and I wouldn't be aware uh, that there is a scene... Without W3 Arena, there would be no European scene. There would probably be no Russian scene. There would probably be no American scene. Um, mm -hmm. And with that, the Asian scene gets more boring as well. So maybe W3 Arena saved more than just the Western scene. Well, you have to think about it too. Like when you think of War 3 Champions player base, people go, well, it's a very small player base. Well, War 3 Arena's player base was way bigger than War 3 Champions is today. Are you sure? However, I'm pretty sure, right? I don't think so. You think it's bigger now? I would... I have no evidence on this. So anyway, the point that I was trying to make uh, is that without War 3 Arena, a lot of these players, like the Rudans, the War Chief Riches, the Caches, the Sonics, they would have nowhere to play. Yeah. Like the game on ladder was unplayable. Custom games were unplayable because the they gave you like a base 250 ping on top of whatever you actually had to the server. Um, and then Garena was our custom game alternative that was closed. So the game was unplayable. You could not play the game until War 3 Arena came around. So um, I imagine a lot of those players would have stopped because there's no other way to play. And we wouldn't have people weathering the storm whether going the distance without that platform. So that's what I was trying to say. And then I, maybe the player base is bigger now with the launch of Reforged compared to 2014, probably. Um, yeah, probably without question it was. Yeah, there was also but, no uh, community. Like there was no Discord, right? Like where did we even talk? Right. On a dying WCR forum. And on IRC, I guess. 
and yeah. uh, Skype. Oh, <laughs> freaking yes! Skype groups, yeah. dude. Skype. Thank the Lord these days are over. Shout out to ICQ, Discord. ICQ groups. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so Pat definitely on the Mount Rushmore as well. Um, mm. And I think for the Russian scene, there is... I I really don't know anything about Russian Warcraft history, so I have to start talking from a point <coughs> in, like, 2013. Jera. Jera saved the scene, like... Jera saved the professional scene as much as Pat saved the casual scene when it comes to playing, because he supported the Jera Cup, the only cup we had for such a long time, for, like, 300 episodes or something. And it was a huge prize pool, right? One hundred dollars, and some yeah. sometimes more when like there was they a, had like monthly cups. I, ooh, was that the case? It was weekly I think they cups, had like for a monthly sure. fi- monthly finals, right? Oh, Two for a time we had monthly finals. We had like the one hundred celebration, etc. Without this one weekly cup, which essentially the only thing we had in the entire scene, game would also be dead. There would be no Foggy, no Hawk playing anymore. Um, maybe Cat, like in the shadow of Jera, there are people like Catfish. Um, and the guys, uh, yeah, I think it was basically just Catfish at the time. So that guy for financing it and people like Morozov and Kaiser for doing the admin work and I think in Kaiser's case also doing the editorial work and of course uh, uh, X3 Demon for always being there and always knowing anything so this is my very narrowed view on the Russian scene so the four Russian Rushmore people uh, Jera, Kaiser Morozov, Demon I also think that Miker guy has been casting forever am I K-E-R? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he's just... He's been casting since Zotac days. Big. And he's still casting today. I'm really not sure why he's so big. But yeah, for uh, viewership-wise, Miker is by far the most important one. But I don't know his roots. Like, is he just a big streamer that is casting Warcraft occasionally? Uh, or d- does he have his roots in Warcraft? I really don't know. And I don't want to disrespect him by saying something wrong mm, true yeah i'm not too familiar either i just remember he's always been around when during the zotac days and he's still around today so i just assume yeah maybe he took a break um but uh yeah no for sure so do i have 10 now i got bashi kaldor i got uh jacksy bunny jacksy bunny kidoctica uh, uh pad i got pad i got like the russian like Jera. Abstract. Korean, would you put passenger? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I really don't know too much like how much he really did. I kind of want to exclude Asia from this because I, I okay. ha- almost have no knowledge. Um, um, abstract. Okay. I definitely have 10 uh, with Demon. Are you writing? Are you making the Reddit post right now? Is that what you're doing? No, like, I have like a word. Show? I have a word pad on. Demon. Oh, okay. I thought you were like moment. you wanted to like break it down during the show, and then you're like, "Okay, here's my ten. Bam. No, man. People have to pledge. Tillerman, you said. Tillerman, you said. 
people have to pledge to the podcast to get my answer. Maybe I'm doing a post like, hey, the, the, the podcast with my answer is now up on Patreon. Sign up to the, to the, <laughs> the coach level and above. <laughs> okay, I'm definitely I'm over a, 10. Yeah. And yeah, of course we have to mention Grubby, uh, because Pat was obviously the one creating W3 Arena. Grubby was the one that brought people back to realizing there is a place where you can play Warcraft 3. And of course we promoted it as well, but Grubby is just a factor that you can't underestimate when it comes to he's gluing eyes to a project. <clears throat> and... Yeah, I think without Grubby, not too many people would have played on W3 Arena. And nowadays, without Grubby, not too many people would have found W3 Champions as well, if there's not his 6k people stream, 10k people streams, uh, socials, of course, as well. So Grubby, even though he always, to me, uh, felt like an outsider in the scene, uh, shouldn't be underestimated when it comes to impact, and he is right up there with the biggest of the biggest people we had ever i agree i do agree that was a really nice detailed uh insight on there there's a lot i didn't know um i also have a really bad memory but like there's so <laughs> keep in mind guys there's so many people behind the scenes i did so much work back in that day because it was so community driven do it yourself uh mentality and i mean there's so many brilliant creative minds yeah. that i've met <laughs> uh through this game and it's it's hard to list just 10 if i went back through the years i could probably name like so many like people like passenger like i don't know what he did exactly but i just know that he was always there and he always was around and he was so helpful and he would just he was basically the go-to person for korea yeah um, always at, at, at during my time at least uh he he was korea uh if you needed something he was the person you go to so big shout out to him there's people all over the place uh too for that so yeah. um yeah, no, that was really cool, man. It was a good trip down memory lane. Yeah, I'm, I'm scanning the the thread to see if we forgot someone. Of course, uh, Stoka as well, if that wasn't clear. Stoka is an information distributor like almost no one else, and also his longevity speaks for him. Um, in this list, I'm very, very tempted to list the new W3 Champions team, um, Abe and Gap and Floss, etc., and Fluxu, of course, uh, because of e everything they did in the past year. But I think my view on this list is impact plus longevity of that impact. Um, and they don't have the lo longevity yet to be mentioned in this very yeah. list. I agree. I agree. I hope that sounds fair and not. Uh, I also I also don't <laughs> think I have the longevity to be not in that list, even though I'm 15 years in. I don't think I've really done an impact. I was just kind of like a consumer, but uh, yeah, you're getting there, buddy. Getting there. Don't don't get offended, people. <laughs> yeah, and there is um, a lot of honorable mentions as well. But then the podcast will go like two hours. Uh, Ugri, Russ, Brain. Um, all the admins from back in the day, like WC3L Happy, uh, did a Danny. lot. Huh? Danny. Danny. Great caster as well, man. Dude, we missed out on that guy. I met him uh, in Detroit for StarCraft 2 tournament. He was adminning, and it was like me and Duck were fanboying because WC3L <laughs> Danny used to be like 
you know, D four N N Y. We used to be like, "Yo, you're Danny," and he changed his name actually for the StarCraft two one. Oh. And we're like, "We're we're calling you Danny," and he's like, "Okay, you can call me Danny." And it was so funny. It was so cool, man. Oh, man. I, he's like, he, Duck's like, "Do you know who I am?" He's like, "Of course I know you, Duck. You're the biggest shithead I've ever met." <laughs> <laughs> and Duck's like, "Nice." <laughs> we're like, "Yo, let's go have beers with Danny." It was it was awesome. But yeah, big shout out to that guy. So. Um, if we forget about someone that you guys want to have mentioned, uh, put it in the comments, obviously. Put it mm-hmm. in uh, the Patreon Discord that we have or the feedback Discord that we have. Or if you want to be really cool, send us a voice message via Discord or email and maybe we play uh, you on the next podcast. If people have a good explanation or a way better memory than even I have, mm-hmm. then... They should send that in. Neo at backtowarcraft.com and Bidu at backtowarcraft.com or via Discord or whatever. Just Yeah, s- send us a recorded voice clip. Uh, you got the emails there. Neo at backtowarcraft.com or Bidu at backtowarcraft.com. And uh, I think that'd be cool. Phone in and uh, phone in essentially and say, you know what? I was around back in so-and-so and this person was very influential. Maybe you're an influential person. You want to get your stuff uh, voiced. Uh, I think that'd be cool to play on a on yeah. a future podcast. People, I think you should. You know what? You guys should just record questions anyway and send us them on our email, and we'll we'll open them uh, open them up. I think that would be really cool to answer voice uh, questions on on this thing. I agree. Send it to us, uh, also, Ricky. Do, side- do, do you yeah. want to do you want to share your uh, phone number so people can WhatsApp message you? Uh no. But uh, you can you got the email. You got the. <laughs> You got the email, send it there, record it, MP3 version, and then just record it. But um, I got a uh, I got a side note question for you guys on YouTube uh, specifically. Why are you so you get... mean? No, no, no. <laughs> Not that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously, if you are a patron, you get this podcast the week it's recorded. Um, however, if you're on YouTube, you get this a week later. And I always wanted to know, do you guys really not care about that? Or, um, is it a problem or do you guys like really just like listening and you don't see the time difference? Cause for example, we're talking about dust league today, but by the time you hear this, if you're not a patron, dust league will be half over. So, <laughs> um, is that an issue? You know, what do you guys think about that? Or do you guys not care? It's something I've actually really wanted to know. So um youtubers let me let me know in the comments well, well if if they care so much they should just sign up to the patreon like well, that's the point yeah but i don't really want to like sh- like sell out like that you know what I mean? you I, don't really want to sell out know. since when do you not want to sell out maybe i'm trying to guilt them into you, secretly buying the patron you wanted to start a subathon I still, I'm still going to do a Back to Warcraft subathon. It's not. I'm thinking about it. I will do a 36-hour, nothing but Warcraft three nonstop subathon in the future. That's. Uh, I'll do it this year. In fact, Boom. it's done. Boom! Announcement! Announcement! Right here! Exclusive content, everybody. Uh, we of course have amazing Patreons. Thank you, Knubberquakes, uh, Toxie, Nem, Safe Orca, Scription, Teggy, Dondolade, Jcats, and Enpedrut. All the people are at the profit tier or above, and that helps us so, 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 so much. You have no idea. Uh, of course, there is uh, music and movie recommendations as well. Yesterday, I posted my third Patreon EP covering uh, the basics of emo, the beautiful, beautiful, undefinable genre that is emo. Uh, so if you're interested in that, go check it out. You can have uh, coaching by Carson and 
Remo. I was about to say, like, what's that guy's name again? I haven't talked to him in so long. Ah! Uh, and a lot more, so go check it out. Patreon.com slash back to Warcraft. If you want to help us non-financially uh, boost this podcast a little, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, vote it up, use your thumbs, uh, comment, everything like that helps the algorithm and makes us more visible to the public. That goes, of course, not only for the podcast, but also for the content that we dash out regularly. So, uh... Yeah, that's it for this week. That's episode 14 in the books, Mr. Ricky Robbie Do. We did it again. <clears throat> we did it again. We'll see you guys uh, next week. <laughs>